This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is Will Friedle, the voice of the future Dark Knight, Batman Beyond. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. His name is Zeta. He's kind, gentle, and also a top-secret military weapon. But he's made a decision. I will not destroy anymore. Now, with the whole world chasing him. Please help. He's on the run with his only friend. I'm equipped with a built-in credit card. I can generate as much money as I need. You are so taking me shopping. The Zeta Project. Welcome, everybody, to episode 260 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, with me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our Twitter account. It's Liam. Liam, we are continuing here in the month of May. Hard to believe already in the year 2023. We're nearly halfway through. But uh, before we hit that halfway point, as we discussed last week, we are spending the month of May in the future, 50 years from now, whenever now is. And uh, that means that we have combined our Batman Beyond and Zeta Project reviews into one month, which means we are doing an alternating thing here. This week, Mm -hmm. we are covering an episode, single episode, perhaps for the last time, a single feature of the Zeta Project. But it fits very well into this month being a combined month because uh, he's not the only hero featured on this week's episode. That's right, because we are are talking of... uh... The first of uh, of two, I guess, uh, Batman Beyond Zeta Project crossovers. Technically three, I guess. We count the original episode of Beyond that this all spawned from. But uh, yes, we have the episode Shadows, which features uh, Zeta and Ro once again on the run from infil- the, uh, the next generation of infiltration units, IU-7. And uh, that actually puts 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 Zeta in the crosshairs of uh, of the Batman himself, Terry McGinnis, uh, due to some misunderstandings. So we got a fun crossover to talk about here. One of one of two they did once the, uh, the Zeta Project show started. The other one will be covered in a future episode of Batman Beyond that we cover. But uh, yeah, here we are. Let's see if it was worth it. <laughs> I was going to say you were very bold in using the word fun. And uh, to describe this, this crossover. <laughs> so we'll see uh, just if that reflects in our scores and reviews. Liam, before we get into our synopsis and scores for this week's episode, we, of course, will get the official IMDb synopsis for this episode, which originally aired here in the States, at least according to the DCAU wiki, on April the 7th, 2001, meaning we uh, just passed the 22-year anniversary of this episode a little over a month ago at the time of this original airing of this episode. So, But before we get into our uh, synopsis and the IMDb synopsis, it is, of course, as always, brought to you by the pod tower head over to youtube.com slash the pod tower if you are interested in hearing each and every one of our previous 259 plus bonus episode that collection and library it's all featured right there on the pod tower uh, you get every single episode including past reviews of batman beyond and the Zeta Project. If for some reason you wanted to put yourself through the pain of going back and listening to some of those Zeta Project reviews, uh, head over to youtube.com slash the pod tower today. 
That's right. So this is the synopsis for the episode Shadows, which was written by Hillary J. Bader with teleplay by Rich Fogel. Yeah, two two people wrote this. Uh, directed by Tim Maltby with music by Lolita Ritmanis and animation by Coco. And that synopsis reads as such. While waiting for a conference where Dr. Selig is, is supposed to attend, Zeta is attacked by an infiltration unit they encountered earlier. Batman believes Zeta has returned to his old programming and comes to deal with him. Oh, the, the grammar in that one was not, mm -mm. not very good. Like the content wise is fine, but the grammar poor sentence structure uh, yeah, not not uh, not going to get a passing grade on that one. Sorry. D D plus for that one. IMDb synopsis. <laughs> yeah, it's not uh, it's not the greatest, but, uh, you know, we, we do with what we can. And uh, and I guess we can uh, we can get into it here. Uh, so we things open. We're watching like a cartoon uh, gorilla <laughs> um, just running around shooting bananas at other monkeys and stuff uh and then we sort of zoom out to reveal that this is a video game screen that, uh, that roe is playing and having a lot of fun with which uh, is still a, a foreign foreign concept to our our robot hero uh, zeta I don't know. You? Me! The big banana. The main monkey mauler. The chimbinator. But why would you want to kick hairy monkey rump? Because it's fun! Oh man! Fun? Look, Selig isn't due at his genetics conference until tomorrow. What do you want to do? Just cool your circuits back at the airport? My circuits are at their normal temperature. Exactly. So why not have some fun? Try it. What have you got to lose? And uh, as they're sort of discussing things, there's apparently a, a conference that uh, the Dr. Selig's going to be in town for, and they're uh, they're waiting around for that. They have they he doesn't get into town until the next day. So uh, while they're uh, while we're there, it's it's revealed that in fact, as as seen, there's a little previously on to catch you up, but this. Thank God, it, by the way, because we, we <laughs> I had completely forgotten anything and everything. The only thing that I was upset about in the previously on, no mention of his stockpiles. <laughs> uh, Maybe the highlight of this data project journey so far was my stockpiles. Was that guy shouting my stockpiles? But yes, we. Uh, as uh, as as we continue here, we do cut to an airport where where we see this infiltration unit Z, this larger, more powerful, more deadly uh, infiltration robot that's supposed to be the next generation that replaces Zeta is has uh, shipped himself, uh, has reactivated and has shipped himself to uh, to the to the town. I guess they're in Gotham. Do they say they're in Gotham? Nope. Okay, I didn't think so. At no point was it established that they were in Gotham. All right. Well, anyway, um, maybe I don't. Maybe I. I always thought that the the Batman Beyond episode, the second Batman Beyond date episode, was like these were just unrelated. But maybe this is supposed to be like part two of that. So maybe that makes more sense. But hey, we got to the Zeta episode first, so we're watching this. Anywho, 
Uh, Zeta, Zeta and Roe are, are hanging around. Meanwhile, uh, this infiltration unit has mailed himself, has shipped himself in a giant bin to, uh, to we'll just assume it's Gotham City, and uh, frees himself from his, uh, from his captivity and heads on through the, uh, the airport looking for signs of Zeta, finding some, some info on him and, and uh, picks up his trail and he's on his way. And, uh, and meanwhile, uh, we should, we should just preface this. Like the first 10 minutes of this episode are just, they're just moving at a glacial pace. It's, it's, it was such a bizarre choice. Like I, I get it. Like it is for a different audience. We've, we've talked about that over and over again with the somehow seven episodes of Zeta that we've covered prior to this one. But it is a it is a different tone than the majority of the other DCAU shows, even I would say significantly different than the static tone mm-hmm. for not necessarily better <laughs> for the better, for sure. So, but at why, why did we need 10 minutes of, oh, I'm getting into my critiquing, sorry, but I, I didn't understand why we needed 10 minutes of hanging around inside an arcade while the robot searches for Zeta (laughs) when we had a previously on that caught people up to speed on just what this infiltration unit was. That's right. But uh, yeah, so we, so we continue on there. We have this section, like I said, where the, the infiltration unit is looking for Zeta. Then we cut back and Zeta and, and Ro is still trying to teach Zeta about what fun is. So they see like, uh, I guess the, the, the future version of a bouncy house, like a it's like one of those uh, indoor skydiving places i guess mm-hmm. uh, for for kids so zeta sh- uh, transforms himself down to kid size and decides he's going to go try this out uh, and try to understand what fun is and uh, from there we get uh, the infiltration unit tracking down iu7 i gotta shorten this because mm-hmm. it's too many syllables to keep saying infiltration unit <laughs> um I, so iu7 shows up he's he tracks zeta to this mall where he and Ro are hanging out he sees Ro and actually transforms into zeta's civilian disguise uh, i guess figuring that if he just hangs around Ro for long enough uh, zeta will eventually come back and uh and he'll be able to attack him, and uh, that does work after some a bit of humor from uh, where uh, where Rose just being a real Karen uh, in 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 the cafeteria, just yelling at this minimum wage worker. Don't ignore me. I'm talking to you. This man needs an attitudectomy. What? Do your stuff. Very well. So after after uh, IU seven pays for her lunch, uh, the real Zeta shows back up, and and the fighting is on. There's a lot of destruction, and uh, of course IU seven still being disguised as Zeta's civilian identity. It becomes a big plot point here as they have this fight, and uh, there's a lot of destruction. Thankfully, nobody's killed, but 
uh, in the melee, Zay, her, uh, Ro herself is uh, is injured trying to protect Zeta, who is uh, just completely outmatched seemingly by this IU-7 robot. And uh, so Zeta's got to get Ro to a hospital. And then like 10 minutes in, like we're well into this, we're into the second act by now. Uh, Batman just shows up. We just cut to the Batcave and, uh, and Batman and Bruce Wayne are looking at security footage of, of Zeta fighting IU-7. Wayne Powers owns an interest in the mall. I was given this vid as a heads up before it even leaks to the news. Zeta? It won't be long before Agent Bennett sees what we're seeing. Are you sure it's him? The mall's security system was damaged, but I was able to resolve one more clip. He swore he wouldn't kill anymore. It's in his programming. He was built to kill. And now he's running around loose because I let him go. Where are you going? To stop him. You know why? Because Wayne Powers owns a piece of the mall. They have a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mall that they own. Back to just quickly backtracking here, because I will not remember it when I'm giving my. <laughs> but IU7 strategy to find Zeta was not to like disguise himself as any random human being and then spy on Row. It was to disguise himself as Zeta so that as soon as he was spotted by the real Zeta, who is inevitably in that area, Zeta, the actual Zeta would have the jump on him. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> makes yeah. no, no sense. Yeah, this is one of those because the rest of the episode has to come and we needed uh, Batman and Bruce to think that Zeta was the one causing all of the destruction at the mall Correct. so that uh, Batman and Zeta could fight. Probably so that they could put it in an ad on Kids WB. I, so I mean, your logic does not seem flawed one bit. Right. It doesn't make it. It doesn't make it a good narrative, but it is. It is probably the answer here. Is well, we wanted to have a scene where Batman and Zeta fight. So uh, yeah, that's how we get it here. We see, like we said, we see IU seven footage of IU seven in his Zeta disguise, seemingly firing on civilians. And then one other shot of uh, of Zeta out of out of camouflage mode, uh, and uh, so it seems as though Zeta has gone back to his old ways, and so Terry's going to stop him. Uh, we we go to the hospital. There's a uh, we see. Uh, uh, well, we know Ro is getting an MRI, and the reason we know it is because Doctor Exposition <laughs> shows up. <laughs> To be like, this is an MRI. It's a giant magnet. Don't put anything metal or robotic in there. That could really wreak some havoc there. And <laughs> come back at any point during the episode. That's right. So, uh, so as uh, as Ro goes back to a room, Z is kind of uh, he's a little conflicted, and he feels like he he uh, Ro got hurt because of him, and he's he's considering kind of just leaving her behind in this hospital and disappearing and uh, and going it alone from here but before he can really uh, make good on that uh, on that decision in comes batman uh to uh, to to throw down uh, well, just and he's not just like gonna gonna leave he, for, he has some sort of device that they never explain like is this something that we're supposed to know is this like a men in black mind wipe thing mm-hmm. what was this thing that he had in his hand that he was gonna try and like well, it's like his little torch that he uses to fix himself, but then he is kind of pointing it at her. Right. Like, yeah, like he's going to... 
he's like gonna, it has another which is function. Why Batman believes in that moment, in addition to all the other mounting evidence. <laughs> thankful, uh, thanks to uh, the IU seven uh, thing impersonating mm-hmm. uh, and being a big case of mistaken identity, impersonating Zeta. We now he now sees the Zeta robot hovering over this girl with something in his hand that appears to be a weapon of some kind. Which again, we don't get a single explanation <laughs> as to why he was hovering over him in this in this moment. But uh, it gives the uh, it gives the heroes a chance to fight. Uh, and an excuse to fight. So Batman and Zeta go at it for a little bit. Uh, Batman, we actually see some punches thrown. Like mm-hmm. this is a this is a landmark episode. And I I told you before we went on the air, but I said I would be grading this on a curve. And <laughs> believe me, the fact that we actually get some actual physical violence in this episode is a plus, a big plus for me. Uh, more probably in the visual section than than in the plot. But uh, yeah, we get it, some fisticuffs. But of course, it is not long before. Uh, did we mention the IU seven droid was uh, was at the mall when Batman went to investigate? Yes, we, sh- we should mention that because that is that is how IU seven finds. He overheard Batman and and he, he was just hanging out at the mall pretending to be a security guard, <laughs> knowing and... that at some point he would get information on Zeta based on just okay. around there. Look at the size of these blast marks. If Zeta's packing this kind of heat, taking him out isn't going to be easy. If I can even find him. I may have a lead. Rosalie Rowan, the girl Zeta travels with, was admitted to Arlington Mercy two hours ago. Maybe she can provide some information. Arlington Mercy. Got it. Even though we established earlier, he like follows Zeta's footprint. He can like Zeta leaves behind some kind of trail that mm-hmm. that he can follow with his. Uh, I don't like know, maybe that. Yeah, maybe that was damaged in the uh, in the fight. I'll, I'll, we I'll wouldn't go. know because they didn't tell you. <laughs> no, but yes. So Bat- yeah, Batman is uh, just audibly talking to Bruce in there, and uh, and Bruce gives him the location of this hospital where wrote where he sees that Roe has been admitted so yes Bruce and of course Terry uh, repeats the name of the hospital back out loud and flies off and, and yes and then yes we see uh, IU7 was uh, was listening in the whole time so uh, IU7 of course heads to said hospital and uh, it's just in the midst of of Batman and Zeta having their fisticuffs and uh, it's at that moment Terry puts two and two together and realizes that this this uh, IU seven uh, infiltration unit is the uh, is the one who is responsible for the violence. Doesn't take much convincing. He's like, "Oh, that's the guy that I should be after," even though he looked like Zeta and he suspected Zeta was the issue. But uh, the the IU seven immediately begins uh, attacking Batman. There's additional fisticuffs. They kind of brawl through the hospital uh, into the cafeteria at some point. Uh, after uh, some some chasing happens as Zeta attempts to run away, uh, there is there is a moment where uh, the IU seven 
I keep wanting to call him a droid because he looks like a super battle droid. The <laughs> IU-7, uh, he has these claws that he pulls out or that grow out of his fingers and he scrapes it across Zeta's chest. So he kind of does seem like a real threat. Oh, yeah. Also, he has missiles and lasers and things. <laughs> Other weapons that, that Zeta does not have, of course, is Zeta uh, disposed of all of his weapons at the end of the Batman Beyond episode. But uh, yes, IU-7 continues. There's uh, more fighting that happens and uh, more brawling. Batman initially gets the best of him. He even cuts off one of his hands at one point in the middle of this battle inside the the hospital cafeteria. Batman's just a big quip machine during this whole fight. Mm -hmm. And uh, as is uh, because this is the Zeta show and not the Batman show, the IU-7 does get the best of Batman, knocking him out with some knockout gas that comes out of his hand Mm -hmm. uh, at one point and uh because of that uh, the iu7 chases zeta down and wouldn't you know it they they end up at Chekhov's mri machine the (laughs) ultra mri machine let me let me be specific here and uh, of course not 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 to cut you off here but uh also um, amongst this melee uh, Zeta mimics the gorilla video game that we saw earlier and blinds uh, iu7 by shooting by picking up two uh, bananas still in peel and 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 squeezing them until they shoot out into IU7's eyes, so mm-hmm. they use that to uh, to momentarily get away to set up this big uh, this this tra- to spring the trap at the end here. That's so yeah. Chekhov's come- MRI machine and Chekhov's <laughs> banana guns. This is gonna come off as completely insincere, but I mean it sincerely. Tra- yeah. not sarcastic at all. Thank you for reminding me of. <laughs> because i had completely forgotten and that is a sincerely pivotal point in the episode uh drawing things all back together we had to connect the dots why did we have this establishing shot with the vr uh well it's because we could pay it off later when zeta mimics it and uh and does the same action so yep and uh, so, yes, we end up at the MRI machine, as we mentioned. And of course, Zeta at that point realizes, having heard before that it would destroy anything with metal in it, uh, he gets the idea that uh, this is how he's going to destroy the IU-7, even if it means destroying Zeta in the process. He decides that he's going to sacrifice himself, saying that neither of them will be able to hurt anybody ever again. Uh, one of the things that Zeta, I think you mentioned, but as he was getting ready to leave Roe behind, you know, he felt mm-hmm. guilty. Roe being injured uh, was his fault. So he is carrying a bit of guilt here. So him sacrificing himself, I guess, would be uh, a way at redeeming that uh, and, and protecting Roe going forward. So uh, but at the last second, as Zeta is about to uh, succumb to the MRI machine, Batman throws a battering in and uh, and drags him out of the uh, of the MRI, leaving just the IU-7 there to be destroyed, I suppose. I don't think he comes. Maybe he comes back. I don't know. There was no to be continued horror movie villain. So who who could know whether or not this guy will reform and pop up someplace else in the future? But uh, he is at least momentarily uh, destroyed into a bajillion pieces and uh, Batman and uh, and Zeta begin to sort of celebrate. Roe comes up eventually or there's a post credit scene with Ro and uh, and and Zeta talking and Zeta talks about how he's feeling this guilt and that Ro continues to get hurt because of him. And he's 
he's going to make the decision that she's uh, that they're done at this point, that she can leave. And she, of course, objects, says that, uh, no, they have plenty of things to do and it's her decision and she's willing to risk it. And uh, she's not running off and and uh, letting Zeta have all the fun. So at uh, at this point, they uh, they tell them that they need to uh, to to continue on. And they uh, they exit the building. And that's the uh, that's the end of our story. There was a, a brief moment where Batman also, I did not mention, apologizes to Zeta for not believing him and uh, and uh, m- mentions that Agent Bennett is on his way and to uh, to collect the IU7 but that he had firmly denied any involvement in sending the IU7 after Zeta. So tall, dark and ugly is on ice? Yeah. I spoke to Bennett. He denies ever having sent him after Zeta. Yeah, he would. Either way, he's already on his way to collect the pieces. Then we better not wait for Dr. Selig. We should go. Zeta. I shouldn't have doubted you. It was a natural mistake. And thank you. Shall we? What? Your life was in danger again today because of me. Maybe you should... Whoa! Time out! Get this through that big fat can up there you call ahead. It's my decision and my risk. I can live with it. Besides, I'm not gonna let you run off and have all the fun. You're having fun? Obviously, I have more processing to do. Yeah, you work on that. Uh, they decided to, Roe and Zeta decide to leave missing Dr. Selig, uh, even though uh, even though they didn't get to see him. Their whole point of being there was to see Dr. Selig, mm-hmm. but uh, they decide that it's too risky with Agent Bennett uh, there, so they decide to move on anyway. So I guess we'll find out in the next Zeta episode where they're going to try and find Dr. Selig next. That's right. And, uh, and, then, and then Zeta teaches us about an egg timer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's our uh, our finale this week. Our... Fun and educational. That's right, edutainment as they call it. Whew. All right, all right. <laughs> all right. So, as you can tell, I, we are generally not thrilled with uh, with the Zeta project. It's not. It just is not our cup of tea. It, it, well, uh, let me speak for me. It is generally not my cup of tea. And mm-hmm. Liam, your scores have reflected the same as we as we uh, as we have gone through the first seven and now eight episodes of this. As I stated at the top, I was going to grade on a curve here. Plot-wise, if you cut out the first 10 minutes, honestly, if this was a 15-minute or a, a what a 12-minute episode, mm-hmm. been a lot more stomachable. I don't know if that's a word, but <laughs> I would have been able to stomach it a lot, lot easier than with the 10 minutes of runtime at the beginning of treading water, simply so that we could establish this video game gaff that we could happen at the end. Um, you know, it's fun. It's for kids. I get it. You want to establish that, but the whole, oh, I, I guess you had to also, they felt they had to establish the anti-gravity machine also, because that was how Zeta escaped the IU seven in their first right. in the middle of the mall. So you had to establish the anti-gravity machine, but why it took 10 minutes to do all that is, is beyond me. And why you kept cutting back to the IU seven after having established who the IU seven was even catching people up on who he was and why he was out for revenge. We have this whole 
song and dance of him tracking down Zeta that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it's like a bit in the airport where he smashes a dude's birdhouse. <laughs> I, did, I did laugh. Which is funny, like, but it's not, you know, and again, it's 30, it's, you know, that's like 15 seconds of the episode, but yeah. And he's dressed as a, as Warren McGinnis, but with dyed yes. black hair for some reason. <laughs> this is, uh, I think this is somebody else, that, that's a character model that gets used a lot. Like that's, um, uh-huh. I think he was already a character in a Zeta Project episode. I, and then I concur. He had like brown hair the last time. Yes. Yeah. We, Cause we definitely pointed that out previously, but uh, yeah, I will say, the batman stuff at least made it interesting um Mm -hmm. i i you know okay batman's gonna it makes sense that batman believes that he could have gone rogue again i guess if this comes before whatever ever crossover episode for batman beyond i don't know i'll have to judge that next week whether or not it makes sense that he would he would think that he could possibly still go rogue they're linked but they're not really linked episodes so it's (laughs) Who's to say? Uh, but Batman did make it more interesting for a multitude of reasons, voice cast wise, music wise. Um, I don't know that he added all of that much to the plot. It didn't seem like at any point that uh, that he was actually like you knew that he was going to figure out he's Batman. He's going right. to figure out the IU seven is is to blame that it's not really Zeta. And because it was such a truncated time frame to to kind of work that out you use the first 10 minutes in the mall with all that chicanery and then you have 12 minutes left to introduce batman have him think that zeta is the bad guy have zeta feel guilty zeta try to leave batman falsely accuse him batman then find out that the iu7 is actually to blame then fight the iu7 then zeta rescue batman and then defeat the iu7 like it's so much in that last five to seven minutes that yeah could have been stretched out probably and and would have made the entire episode a whole lot uh you know more interesting mm-hmm. uh, I, again I'm, I'm grading on a curve here i think that um it, at least there was some violence at least there was some <laughs> some fighting that occurred there's a lot of action in the episode once you get past that first eight minutes or so where they're just kind of standing around and you know searching for zeta and all that stuff there's fighting that happens almost nonstop from there to the end. So at least that was interesting. So I ended up on a six out of 10 for plot. Yeah, I just went one point lower. I went five out of 10. I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with this episode. It is funny, though, because I think a thing we have routinely, if nothing else, one of the things we've routinely praised is the Z and Ro relationship and how, you know, and how fun their dynamic is. And you kind of sideline her and and like the the whole idea of like Zeta feeling guilty for endangering her and and all of that and 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 considering leaving her behind like that feels like it should be like a major major plot point for like like a season right like and instead it's kind of it's raised in this episode and then she just kind of squashes it and he goes, okay, at the end. So I guess we'll have to see. Maybe maybe it'll resurface later on in, in the series again. But it just feels like that idea of, you know, the this nearly indestructible robot on the run from the government kind of having this crisis of conscience about letting this teenager stick around with him um, feels like it should be maybe a bigger, a bigger deal. And instead here, it's kind of a, 
like a C plot right. <laughs> beyond the, the IU seven stuff and the Batman stuff. So like I said, I, I think it's fun. It's fun to see Batman and Zeta together. It's fun to, you know, to have that, that punch up, like you said, the, the action, the action has a little bit more oomph to it because there's, you know, there's actual like peril <laughs> to right. it. It's not just like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit more exciting um, even with even with all of the puns and and uh, and everything that we'll talk about, but um, yeah, overall, I think it's fine. Like I like I said, five out of ten. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's great. Maybe you would hope for. Like I said, I think you either. I either wish there was more in the direction of maybe giving Row a little bit more more to do in this episode, or you know, I don't know. I guess or even even more for Batman to do because he kind of just shows up punches zeta then punches iu7 and then he's like sorry and leaves right so he doesn't get a lot to do and again you only got 22 minutes and you know two minutes of that is your is your infotainment and your and your credits and an intro so you know take that out you got 20 minutes left to actually tell your story so maybe it's a little too much to ask but yeah for it being a big crossover episode between shows um uh, world's finest it is not but it is <laughs> it is a perfectly fine you know 20 some minutes uh you know of uh of dcau crossover uh or, yeah yeah it's fine <laughs> yeah i i think i think that's the the best thing that we can say and and from there we will move on and we will move on liam with our next category which of course is going to be visuals and animation so we have coco is it just Coco or Coco? Yes, Coco this week. It's Coco this week. All right, Coco. Uh, Coco, responsible for our animation this week, as you mentioned at the top. Uh, this one is directed by Tim Mate Maltby, maybe Maltby. Yes, I Maltby. Maltby. Uh, so Tim Maltby, responsible for our direction this week. Um, I will say I kind of cheated. I f- found out I was cheating. There is a. AI apparently HD upscaled version of these episodes that I didn't realize aren't available to the general public. Mm-hmm. I think our friends at at Watchtower Database shared the link during their Zeta month. Uh, and uh, so I had it saved and I went back and watched this. And uh, compared to like some of the other lower definition episodes that I have watched, uh, it's night and day on how I enjoy them <laughs> as far as visually is concerned. Uh, it's not actively strain, putting strain on your eyeballs to watch the show. It's, it's correct. More, it's more enjoyable for you. In in the 380p of, of 1990, <laughs> 2001 or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, one. So, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's a it. It makes a world of difference. So for all for those people that are clamoring for a re-release of this show, it, I mean, it can sit behind every other cartoon since the beginning of time, in my opinion. But like, hey, if you want this show, watching it in HD makes a makes a big difference. So, well, I for one would never betray the wonderful Warner Brothers Corporation <laughs> in that way. Uh, I love I love big corporations and their products that they release to us. Um, and I would only ever pay for them. And I'm not going to ask you to DM me that link after we're done here. I'm not going to do that. I would never do that because I love corporations. I love brands. Yes. And I love paying money uh, to watch the Zeta project. I love doing that as well. I, I mean, anyone who knows you know, has knows that that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, and your love for brands, you know, just 
extends beyond your love for humanity. Absolutely. Your fellow man. Brands Corporations are, are people too. That's, you know? that's right. <laughs> to unbridled capitalism, I believe. Quotes. <laughs> so, uh, but back to back to the topic at hand the animation and visuals here the hd does make it a lot different and a lot more enjoyable so uh this one was crisp and enjoyable for me at least but uh let's start with you liam as you watched in your in your peasant 480p or whatever it is uh, what did you uh what did you have as far as notes were concerned for animation and visuals I think the the most fun stuff, obviously, other than you know, we can get to the to the big fights, uh, the big Batman fight at the end of the episode in a minute here. Um, there's a lot of um, I, I we've talked about this before with Zeta, but the way they show the robot body physically change before it like puts the hologram on, mm-hmm. I always think it's nice. And they did that again here with IU sevens, and he's like this giant Godzilla looking thing so watching him like shrink down into normal person size mm-hmm. like i was impressed with that there's a lot of shots of like where when he's in when iu7 is in the zeta civilian disguise and he starts using his weapons where just like just his arm turns and they have this kind of like flickering light all around uh you know going up to like his elbow and then you see the the robot arms you know out with you know shooting shooting the the bombs or whatever i think that's a really a really cool sequence and you know and zeta kind of having to spring into action as you mentioned there's more like f- direct physical violence in this like one point iu7 like grows these claws and starts like slashing up zeta's chest and 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 kind of goes for the face mm-hmm. <laughs> there so like there's definitely uh, they definitely take more advantage of this being a uh robot on robot violence they get they definitely get to do some stuff i think they wouldn't get to do otherwise so yeah i think i think a lot of the the way they use the transformations in this episode are pretty good there's some some fun as you mentioned like the predator vision the terminator vision that we see iu7 using when he's walking through the airport i think is uh is pretty neat as well and then like i said we we can get to the uh to the batman stuff in a minute here but uh yeah, I think it's uh, overall. I think I think that stuff. The the way they went in and out of the transformations, and uh, and kind of the in between transformations, rather than it just being the robot form or the civilian form, I thought was was pretty nifty as well. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree. I think the art. I mean the uh, the animation visuals were the strongest point of the episode. Um, I I do like the IU seven. We talked about it in the in the first episode that he appeared in, but I do like the design. It's a little bit more. It kind of reminds me of the villain in the RoboCop movie. Mm. Um, it's it, mixed with a battle droid, like from a super battle droid from from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, there's just something different about it. He's big and hulking. Obviously, Zeta is the skinny, thin, pencil thin robot looking fella, but. Uh, the the muscled up version of the IU7 definitely makes him feel uh, certainly a little bit uh, a little bit more intimidating than than Zeta. So, not to mention the weapons that they that they gave him. Uh, specifically, there's actually one scene that I really loved the visuals of, and that's the that's the scene where Batman cuts his hand off. He throws a I think he throws a batarang, an exploding batarang, at his hand. Uh, and then the IU seven catches it. It blows his hand off completely. They show the hand just sort of hanging off. It drops into the, this bowl of chili or something like that. Cause they're fighting in the, uh, 
they're fighting in the cafeteria at that time in the hospital. The hand mm-hmm. drops in it and then he just kind of stares at it for a second and then a new hand pops out. And then they do this shot where it kind of you see the hand. It's from uh, from the f- facing view of the character it reminded me, actually, it's the uh, I don't know if it was one of the covers of the actual issues or if it's if it's just the trade paperback. But there's a shot uh, from the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, uh, the original one in the in the comics, a George Perez piece of mm-hmm. Thanos holding the Infinity Gauntlet in front of his face. He's clenching his clenching his fist. And I, I don't know if it was directly ripped from that or inspired by that, but it certainly it gave me those vibes. And we know how the you know how the uh, how the the writers and directors tend to give shout outs to uh, to some of their favorite artists throughout here. So I'd be interested to hear if that was an intentional shout out, if there's another and maybe another shot uh, that uh, that was based on. But it, it felt too specific and, and mm. for it to be uh, to, to be a coincidence that it wasn't inspired by something else, but just a really neat shot there as he clenches his fist and holds it in front of his face uh, before proceeding to to go on the attack again. But uh, yeah, I, there, there's a scene in that say there's a part of that same scene where Batman gets thrown into uh, this poor lady's hospital room and she, she's scared and she <laughs> bangs him in the head with a bedpan. Yes. That's a very I, I, funny bit. The violence, like I said, the violence in this episode was turned way up. I don't remember <laughs> seeing, seeing Zeta getting hit in the head with a bedpan before. Like they just, they, they took all the, uh, the, the gloves off for this one. But uh, yeah, I, I liked Batman. Also his way of trying to, to kill Zeta is, uh, is to get the defibrillator. <laughs> I was going to mess that up. The defibrillator <laughs> out and shock Zeta and his, like his eyes start turning red, which yes. is just very, very haunting. Like you, you don't want to see Zeta's eyes red. He looks Mm-mm. very evil. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I did wonder in that opening scene, the, uh, the gorilla game, the, mm-hmm. the monkey or chimpanzees, uh, I thought, at least initially, I was like, maybe, perhaps, those chimpanzees looked a little bit, at least one of them looked a little bit like Gleek from the Super Friends. Mm, yeah, uh, blue, right? Yep, yep, he's he's blue. They could have been more overt with it if they wanted to, but there is definitely a blue chimpanzee that has the same sort of DNA as Gleek from the Super Friends. Uh, true Super Friends fans know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, the mascot of the Wonder Twin team. But uh, yeah, um, we would also be remiss not to mention there is a cameo from the Tiny Toon Adventures book. Uh, one of the, uh, one of the, uh, I think the Pizza Boy is holding a Tiny Toons Adventures. Of course, Tiny Toons, Bruce Tim famously worked on Tiny Toons. Did Alan mm-hmm. Burnett work on that as well? Uh, I don't know if Alan Burnett did, but I know, yeah, Bruce Tim and Eric Radomski were working on were working on that show when BTAS went into production. So, yeah, th- those two worked on it. And then, of course, it, it has made several cameos before uh, there was a Tiny Toons book in, in a couple of the Joker episodes and then later in Nothing to Fear. Also, I believe there's a, there's a cameo from that one as well. So, uh, yeah, some good D- DCAU continuity there. Uh, we, we also we can't have a police scene no matter what show it is without the hapless SWAT team uh, <laughs> showing up. They, they weren't as, as as big a buffoons this time as they typically are. are. No, uh, no launching explosives into crowded mm-hmm. rooms or anything like that as we we typically would expect from them but uh that's that's why i wasn't sure if they were in gotham because these aren't the the white and black Mm -hmm. gotham cops that we see they're in like green and gold uniforms and then there's like 
some sort of generic brown like security uniforms the the one that zeta turns into it also doesn't look like gotham so like yeah it's it's is this a mall that wayne powers has a has a stake in that's outside of gotham perhaps just outside of gotham we we may never know who knows well i guess we'll find out in bloodhaven yeah there we go we'll say it's in we'll say it's in bloodhaven until proven different next week when we watch the other crossover episode but uh yeah some good animation here i enjoyed it like i said the hd certainly helped but uh i I thought batman looked on on uh on model i thought bruce looked there was like some slight differences it was a little bit more streamlined a little bit more in the in the zeta project style but i thought bruce even adapted well to that uh to that zeta style Mm -hmm. and Everybody looked pretty, uh, pretty on model. Otherwise, Batman moves well. There's a weird moment where he's in the fight with the IU-7 and like the IU-7 throws him into the air and Batman just sort of hovers there. Like he doesn't he doesn't shoot the like the the rockets out of his boots and he's not doesn't have his wings extended. He's just kind of hanging around, um, which I thought was a weird it was just like, did somebody forget to draw wings on him? Did they forget that he can't just like fly? Is this one of those things where they they made Batman fly again? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, overall, I ended up with a pretty strong, especially for Zeta, seven out of ten for this week's episode. What about you? Yeah, I actually went with the uh, the exact same score. I think those uh, those fights with IU seven and and the inclusion of, of Batman with all his gadget. Yet another rebreather, by the way. We were just talking about this, I believe, last week, about all the different ways that uh, that Terry uh, has to protect himself from gas or to breathe underwater, and we had yet another one here that he uh, that he briefly uses. But yes, uh, I think there's, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of fun visually, and yeah, just getting, getting Batman. It, it is strange, because yeah, d- they do tweak, it does feel like they tweak Bruce and maybe not Batman as much, Mm-hmm. Um, but they they both fit into the show considering how different this show feels visually to beyond i thought that i was i was kind of impressed by how well that worked mm-hmm. yeah it was adapted it was adapted really well it didn't seem like a fish out of water the characters maintained their integrity with while still looking faithful to the they kind of have those thick thick border lines a lot of the characters have these thick border lines and they kept those when it came to bruce batman is not i think is not as noticeable because he's a stark black costume mm-hmm. so it didn't look quite as as off-putting but yeah i mean coco obviously having worked on on both of these shows uh you know was probably familiar with you had people that were familiar with animating these so adapting them slightly to kind of fit a little bit better into this uh this more cartoony style that that uh, that zeta did um guess wasn't that difficult for them so uh, kudos to them all right liam let's move on to our next category which is going to be music and uh correct me if i'm wrong but we had uh the the great lolita ritmanis responsible this week mm-hmm. for music so uh as as i mentioned at the top there was a uh there was a difference in our music here we had our our standard Zeta fare for about, uh, I don't know, for the first that first 12 minutes or so of sort of synthesizer driven um, kind of weird sounds plunking around <laughs> on the on the keyboard uh, with the with a quirky 
quirky intros and outros and all of that that uh, we've come to expect from these episodes. But uh, as soon as the future Dark Knight shows up, we get uh, we get more of the traditional Beyond theme kind of mixed in and melded in. Uh, that that kind of starts immediately as soon as we're introduced to the to, to the future Dark Knight, and then uh, it, as continues all the way up through the the fight between Zeta and Batman, and then uh, as uh, as Batman supports Zeta in the in the fight against the IU Seven, we get we get more of that uh, there as well, and then we get uh, sort of back to the main streamlined Zeta soundtrack at the end in their conversation between. Zeta and Roe as they're uh, going to continue on their adventures there. But uh, I, I thought this was a an improvement. It, it kind of broke things up and made things stand out a little bit. Um, it They made the the Beyond theme. Uh, the Beyond theme, I think, briefly does sort of play. It may not be straight through, but the it's you, the notes are there. Like you can hear the the DNA of the notes there. So uh, I thought the music was uh, was an improvement and was at least noticeably different with the inclusion of the uh, the more beyond sounds. So I went with a seven out of ten for my music. What about you? Nice. Yeah. I'm again just one point lower at six out of ten. Yeah. I, only other note I would mention is I do like even though it's before Batman comes into the episode and we get more of that traditional Beyond music. The it's a very kind of like synthy track that plays over that that first IU seven versus Zeta fight in the mall, but it has like a really good uh, like a good like sharp tempo to it and and the the way it kind of pairs rhythmically with uh, where Zeta is kind of trapped under some debris and and IU seven's kind of marching you know, methodically towards him and the way the music kind of, you know, kept on beat with him. I, I appreciated that as well. So we've talked about that before, how the, you know, the music can kind of rhythmically match what's happening on, on the screen there and in some of these action beats. So I, uh, I appreciated that as well. So yeah, a, a solid outing from uh, Miss Ritmanis, not, not surprisingly. All right, Liam, let's move on to our final category of the day, which, of course, is going to be our list of voice actors and actresses. Uh, we have a uh, a pretty small cast, I guess, because we have uh, we have one particular cast member doing double duty, and that's both for our protagonist and antagonist. And then, of course, we have a couple of notable guest stars with our, our visitors from Gotham. Let's go ahead and talk about this week's voice cast. That's right. So, uh, so just briefly, we'll touch on some of the uh, the more minor actors who were in there. We have uh, once again voicing the. I didn't realize we were going to have like a regular. Uh, whenever Zeta turns into the kid, uh, we we once again have Eli Marenthal playing him, who of course later on he voices uh, Robin in Mystery of the Batwoman, and uh, was of course the the voice of uh, of Hogarth in uh, in the Iron Giant. So mm-hmm. always worth shouting him out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we have our, our guest stars of this episode, the main stars of our other show we talk about in future months. But uh, we do briefly have Kevin Conroy as Bruce Wayne and uh, and Will Friedle as uh, as Batman. And yeah, like they don't like I said, a lot of uh, a lot of Terry's dialogue is quips or mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of Bruce's dialogue is exposition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but uh, but yeah, it's it's like I said, it's fun to get them in the mix with our our main Zeta actors and uh, and yeah, I think I think there is some fun. Like he's got like his his pun about when the the cafeteria blows up and and he's like throw, he's working on his tight his tight five for the chuckle hut about hospital food or whatever. <laughs> I, I kind of rolled my eyes to that one, but no, it was it was it was fun. It's fun, like I said, just to have them in here and 
and it, it feels like you uh, you bring the show. And uh, as a fun trivia note, uh, in uh, I saw this in the DCAU wiki. Um, this uh, with with Kevin Conroy appearing in this episode that makes him the only actor uh, to have appeared in every single DCAU television series. So there's a there's a fun bit of trivia for you, or at least the only actor <laughs> to play the same character in every one. I should I sure should, uh, right. Sure. Bruce Tim and Andrea Romano have probably done a voice in, in every <laughs> show. Too. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, if there was going to be one, it would be the one, right? It would be right. Kevin Conroy. So yeah. Uh not not much to to write home about his performance other than it is it sounds like his his future Bruce. So uh great, great performance, great job there. And as you mentioned, Will Friedell, uh relegated mainly to quipping and uh, and reacting to Zeta and uh, eventually apologizing to Zeta, but uh, sounded didn't sound like uh, any different. It felt like uh, right at home, like we were watching. Well, maybe not watching, listening to a Batman Beyond episode uh, by the time he joins in. So, yeah, nothing, uh, nothing wrong with either of their performances. Absolutely. And then we have our, our main actors, Julie Nathanson as Roe. Like we said, she's kind of sidelined for this episode. And I, I and like we said in plot, I think we could have used a little bit more of her just because of the, you know, the content of the the story of of Zeta considering, you know, leaving and going it alone to to protect her. And uh, and of course, then we have Diedrich Vader, the great as uh, as both Zeta and as uh, IU seven here pulling double duty. And I do love that yeah we get like this real he has this real it's very dry but it's almost his batman voice it really it really is it's very (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't quite break the way his batman but it's that it's that same sort of like it's that it's definitely going in that same direction for sure and and even though he doesn't you know the iu stuff doesn't really show any emotion uh it still feels very sinister so you know again newsflash Diedrich Bader's a great voice actor but uh Him, him getting to play both roles and and how they bounce off of each other and how they bounce off of of Miss Nathanson and of course Will Friedle as well is uh, is a lot of fun in this one. Yeah, I think uh, you know we talked about it the last episode that uh, that he was that he was playing both Zeta and the the IU seven, but uh, and we talk about it. I I'll try and talk about it each and every time that we we have an episode where somebody plays double duty. Voice acting in and of itself is an incredibly a skilled profession. Uh, there are people you could try and do it, but mm-hmm. uh, and there are people that that do it that maybe aren't very skilled. But the people that are skilled and the people that are uh, known for their voice acting, um, you know, they have a they're they're uniquely gifted. So a lot of times, I think we would take that for granted. Like, oh yeah, they're they're a voice actor. They are, you know, they should be able to do this. But being able to differentiate, you're not just playing the same character in an episode. You're playing a variance of that character. So you have to differentiate. It has to sound similar but different on its own. There are aspects of it, as we've already pointed out here. Zeta is naive. He's, you know, he's kind of just peaceful, chill. Um, you know, kind, all of that kind of fills in the the Zeta, the Zeta personality. And then this IU7 is emotionless, cold, heartless, mean, evil, intimidating, <laughs> like all of these things. And all that has to be communicated through a slight variation on the voice because they wanted it to sound similar because this is just like the next generation of the Zeta right. robot, right? So all of that is being fed likely to Mr. Bader. And it's like, all right, come up with something different or, or, you know, perhaps with, 
uh, with the great Andrea Romano's direction of like, hey, try this instead of this or what have you. But either way, at the end of the day, the performance that Mr. Bader puts out is is his. And, and we we certainly applaud him for the ability to 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 pull double duty in an episode like this and and do so effectively. Yeah, he's he's unsurprisingly really great. And I would say, I guess, with the with the exception of the the crossover episode in Batman Beyond, this th- these two episodes might be the only only two DCAU episodes where we technically have three different Batman in it, right? Ooh, good call. Yeah, that's a fun, a fun trivia note. Uh, I guess it's this. And yeah, as far as DCAU episodes, there is the uh, Brave and the Bullet episode we've previously uh, mm-hmm. touched on, which featured uh, Mr. Conroy, Mr. Bader and Adam West. But I have to think this is uh, this is the only actual uh, main mainline DCAU episode that does. Yeah. So there there you have it. And obviously Mr. Bader would play him in the future after this, after the Zeta mm-hmm. project was wrapped up, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's, it was really cool to hear all three of them there together and interacting and uh, yeah, unsurprisingly uh, this, this cast, even with, uh, with Miss Nathanson in, in a small, but, but uh, important role as, uh, as you mentioned, the very, the very perturbed Karen like character throwing the pizza back at the guy. And then her sharing with Zeta at the end that she's, uh, she's willingly putting herself in danger that she's not going to mm-hmm. uh, let Zeta carry that burden. I thought, uh, I thought she had a solid little role as well. So uh, for all those reasons, I ended up giving voice acting a very strong grading on a curve, nine out of 10. What about you? Wow. Yeah. I gave it a, I gave it an eight out of 10. So again, not, uh, not too, not too far off, but yeah, I think it's, it's fun. And uh, as you mentioned, there's a, there's a little bit of like a, a history to it. So mm-hmm. there's uh there's uh there's definitely a lot of, a lot of fun having uh, again, Mr. Bader pull dual, dual roles and then getting, uh, getting Kevin Conroy and Will Friedle in there to mix it up with the, the rest of the main cast is a lot of fun as well. Absolutely. All right, Liam. Well, that will bring us to the end of our episode here. So let's total up our scores, totaling everything up here. Uh, mark this one down folks, because I would pretty much guarantee this is going to be the highest score (laughs) probably from either of us going forward in the history of Zeta Project reviews. I end up with a 29 out of 40 for this episode (laughs) somehow, some way. What about you, Liam? Yeah, and I think we were just uh, maybe one point off in a few of our categories here. So I ended up with a not quite as high, 26 out of 40, but still probably, if I had to guess, my highest uh, data <laughs> review to date as well. To um, date and likely going forward. I'm going <laughs> to make that bold prediction here. Uh, you know, Correct me in the future, 50 years mm-hmm. from now, once we've uh, on <laughs> all these, whenever now is. But uh, yeah, yeah. Re- rewatchability, Liam, I'd say based on the crossover aspect, uh, mm-hmm. I think this is uh, unfortunately one that we would have to say. <laughs> so continuity-wise, um, IU7 does return. So we, we've learned IU7 does indeed return. Somehow IU7 returned, <laughs> to borrow a colloquialism. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know whether or not there's any, in when we cover the, the Beyond and Zeta crossover, if there's any bleeding from this episode into that, we will tackle that uh, when we come to it. But I think based on the fact that IU7 returns, it's important to the Zeta project as a whole. So if you're watching through Plus... Hey, if you're going to pick a Zeta Project episode to watch, pick the most entertaining one, right? Which has a, a cameo from Batman. So um, I, I'd say I, I, one in a one in a eh, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, I think this gets uh, this this gets cl- approaching two thumbs up for uh, <laughs> for the for the crossover for the recurring villain and then for it just being just being a solid solid fine fun time uh, <laughs> watching watching this episode. I think it's a uh, you can you can approach it you can get it approaching two thumbs up for <laughs> rewatchability. You know, you started the episode by saying fun, that this was this, this was a fun crossover. You ended mm-hmm. after all of us talking about this. You ended it with fun. So I guess this we have to say you could put this on the poster. Fun. Yes. Fun Liam. and fine. Fun and fine. Liam. All right, Liam. Well, let's wrap things up for this week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget, we would love your support for the podcast, and there are a myriad of ways for you to do so. Uh, The first ways that you can do so is check out the show notes of the podcast. There are two links there directly. There's one to support us directly monetarily if you want to buy us a coffee. There's also a link there if you want to purchase like a shirt, hat, mug piece of merchandise you can head over and check out those those links uh, if you want to support the podcast monetarily if you want to support the podcast in one of our free ways which uh, we totally understand in this economy absolutely uh, (laughs) there's a lot of free ways to support us and we value them just as much if not more Uh, if you uh, give us a follow on social media at dcau review on twitter and on instagram interact with us on twitter liam runs our twitter pages we talk about and uh, it's you know we we get to we get to interact and see people's thoughts and hear people's thoughts and Liam's tweeting things throughout the week. I'm interacting and sharing things uh, for my own Twitter and it's a lot of fun. So uh, we encourage you if you're on Twitter, you're still there and you want to talk about something other than politics or world events and you just want to talk about cartoons and and uh and what's what's going on in the comic book world uh tweet us at dcau review uh you can also of course always uh, slide into those dms on instagram and uh, talk to us there also if you want to chat about anything or comment on our posts uh on instagram at dcau review as well Lastly, uh, maybe the most important way to support us is to give us a five-star review on your podcast uh, platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, I think it's just Spotify and Apple that allow you to rate it. But hey, if you're listening on one of those other ancillary ones and they allow you to leave a rating, please, uh, by all means, give us a five-star review. If it lets you leave a paragraph like it does on Apple Podcasts, please, we would greatly appreciate you letting the uh, letting the other people that might stumble upon the pod know what it is you enjoy about the podcast, what you like, what you don't like, maybe uh, share that in that little blurb there that helps us out and uh, may allow somebody else to discover the pod as well. Liam, as we mentioned several times, we are continuing here in our future reviews. Gotta get a back. I gotta get a better name for that. I don't know. We're back to the future this whole month, Liam, and uh, and uh, we are continuing next week with our next episode of Batman Beyond. That's right. We got a, I think, a, I think a pretty memorable one. We got a returning villain next week uh, in the episode Inkling, which not only deals with the return of Ink, but uh, delves into to her backstory a little bit and uh, and some of her uh, her her past as well. So looking forward to diving into that one. It's a pretty uh, pretty fun, memorable one from uh, from uh, from my recollection anyway. So we'll be interested to see if it holds up under our modern more uh, criticalized next week 
Absolutely. And don't forget dropping this weekend. Also, if you're listening on the original drop date of this episode is our review of the next Batman The Adventures Continue comic book. We are in season three and we're going to be talking about issue five. So that will be dropping also in your podcast feeds this weekend. But until our next episode, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.